0: At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car,
1: <laughs>
0: or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call 1 800 Farmers to get a quote today.
1: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by farmers, truck, fire, insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
2: Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And we're glad to have you here. Unless you're not here, then uh, not so glad. So that so that's okay. Then we don't give a shit. So fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, great way to start. <laughs>
2: evening, glad to man. have you here. You. <laughs> Always like to let everybody know where we all stand. Look. Uh, how is everybody here. doing in the southern United
1: States? Uh, it's been very snowy here, which is not normal.
0: And it couldn't possibly be caused right. by global climate change.
1: No, right. no of course not.
2: I mean, this may be slightly derailing the podcast, but I—I I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Frankly, I don't know how we can have crazy amounts of snow in parts of the country and it not be indicative of a change in a thing like, you know, climate. But hey, this doesn't show you. I, I don't really know what to. I, I don't know. Sounds like you. fake news to
0: me. I mean, it's been summer <laughs> in New York up until like last week. It was. We missed fall altogether.
2: 80, 80, 80, 80 snow. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah like exactly 80, what it was 80, here. 80, there's a windy day
0: and suddenly it's fucking cold. Get your jackets. It's just New Yorkers everywhere scrambling that? for parkas and boots that they hid away last year.
2: In a, in a separate storage unit across town because yeah. they don't have room in their actual home. Basically,
0: yes. Yes. I mean, my last you apartment remember those didn't parties? have a single closet, so... <laughs> No one could hide in the closet. <laughs> in you know those cartoons
2: when uh, when you're a kid, and it has like a regular day, and then it has it has leaves, then it has snow, and then it has flowers, and they're like weird weather we've had this week. <laughs> I feel that is like all of us right now at different times. Yeah, it's kind of how it how it
0: ran this this last week. Well, fine, we're all going to die soon anyway. It's cool. Trump the is bringing December. us
2: closer and closer towards the edge of nuclear holocaust, whether by way of the Middle East or by way of North Korea.
1: So, we're glad that we're off to a really cheery start here, guys. I mean, if we're headed into an apocalypse of our own making, why not go out watching Glee?
0: I mean, it's on brand. Which so? Yeah.
1: Which that is a nuclear day. holocaust of an entirely different making.
0: That doomsday clock just clicked over to Glee.
1: <laughs> now, that's terrifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one minute to midnight, you have to watch all the Super Bowl specials.
1: Oh. Oh. We'll get
0: there. We'll get there.
1: What if, what
2: if, like, the Doomsday Clock was that you had to watch all of the... You had to watch that Glee Christmas episode that didn't happen over and over again. Oh, God.
1: Uh, no, I'm going to take myself out first.
0: <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Um. Well, if we're it's talking about... good thing about...
2: That, that episode didn't
0: actually happen then. Oh, Jesus. I mean, one more season than it might have. If we're talking about strange episodes of glee then i suppose we can introduce this one that we're talking about preggers
2: it's a good it's a good segue for almost any episode of glee let's be honest it
0: really works for every episode this one stands out
2: ever evergreen segue
0: evergreen segue this is episode four season one it aired september 23rd 2009 written and directed by brad falchuk which, like, maybe we should make some sort of chart of which episodes were written by which of the trio, just to, just to see. Uh, the ratings were 6.63 million, and the Glee wiki summary, always doing the Lord's work for us. Uh, Kurt takes center stage when he tries out for the football team in order to impress his dad. Sandy and Sue join forces to carry out their plans for destroying the Glee club by luring away a disillusioned Rachel quits when Will refuses to take back the solo from Tina. Meanwhile, Finn and Quinn's relationship is tested when they receive some life-changing news. So this is an episode that I think a lot of us have some PTSD over, or maybe just me. It does however, have something, alright. It does have one of the better openings, though, and that is Kurt debuting single ladies in his oddly white basement bedroom.
2: The scene itself, iconic. I know, um all of us have read about it frequently because it's featured on many a fic uh you know shoot again later in one of the most uh heartwarming moments that i'm you know on tv with uh with his dad and also led to one of the best gifts i've ever seen which is chris colfer doing it on stage
0: Uh the Glee live tour
2: wearing a warbler tie yeah. so that exists and so for for that reason i feel we should all give thanks for this this scene for that reason
0: alone the we'll say who knows where that warbler tie came from but like for that alone we do give thanks for this scene yes
2: so for that brad falchek gets like half a gold star
0: <laughs> that we take away later on but for now yeah. he gets to keep it. I mean I still have questions as to why he was recording himself doing this dance, but like I don't even care. Who cares?
1: Um so he could look back. Explanation.
2: And, <laughs> so he could look back and you know critique his own performance, but I prefer to just not have an explanation. Just
0: to just to let it stand. I okay,
1: mean, okay. They, they didn't okay. offer any explanation as to like what their performance was even for, no it doesn't even just, like, they've been and rehearsing.
2: thought uh Kurt f- films his dancing uh with his backup dancers, Tina and Brittany, and uploads them frequently on YouTube and has a, an underground you know fan base of people who enjoys dancing and uh a young Blaine Anderson stumbles upon these <laughs> thick writers and go. And so you're, you're doing
1: a little bit of self-serving work there, aren't you? Put the fic you want to see out into the world. Yes.
2: Be the fic <laughs> you want to see. I mean, you know, there's, there's a I world... If I can't use this platform to demand for more fic, then what, 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 what is even the reason?
0: Mm. What are we even doing here?
2: Uh, I mean,
0: I guess I liked... I mean, it it was nice to just have Bert walk in because every scene that Bert is in is a good scene. And that it was interesting to remember the slight progression in Bert's characterization. He's a little... He's not hyper-masculine in this, but he's a little more tough than we see him in later episodes. Um, I think they were still trying to work out what kind of a father he was going to be. But I liked in Mike O'Malley's performance that you just... He knew immediately that he knew about Kurt and wasn't going to be the one to force that on his son. He was just waiting. And that's the nicest I, I also thing got anyone feeling, has done in the show.
2: And will continue to be for a while. I also got the feeling in, in um, Michael Malley's performance is he, it's not that he is put off by his son so much as I feel like he's not sure how to interact with or respond to like what do you do with your son in a in a leotard in the basement dancing to beyonce like that wasn't a thing that he he knows how to deal with so it's not you can kind of see you can see layers in his performance which i feel you get with certain actors certain characters they bring more than what comes with the script yeah so um i i appreciate Anytime Mike O'Malley shows up on my screen, even though he's not being an aggro crag and he's not throwing it over to Mo, <laughs> fine, I accept uh, it. Where is the Glee AU
0: uh, of them all fighting on a dare double No. Where is it?
2: excuse me he was on guts Guts. thank you you have it where where where's where's the AU where kurt is flipping through channels and is like what the fuck dad when were you on when were you gonna tell me you were a kid (laughs) tv show host like the 90s was a weird time son i would read it i think kurt would again Fick writers go
0: (laughs) fic writers get up get writing uh I mean, it was, you know, looking back on our last episode, it was nice to see an adult male behave in a moral, responsible, intelligent way to a situation. So bonus it points was all just, around.
2: It was just nice to see an adult male. <laughs> the end. An For adult, real. even. Just, just like, I don't even need like an adult male, just an adult. Fully and realized adult. Yeah, it, it's, it's like every adult that works in the high school is still mentally in a, in the high school and it's like I know that's not true for all high school teachers because I know friends that are high school teachers and they're adults that's so weird, but though, right? that's kind of how they wrote all of Doesn't yeah. that make you feel
0: old that your friends are now high school teachers <laughs> that's how I feel because I have friends who are teachers and that every time I think Oh, God, we've we've become them. We've turned into them with a capital T.
1: Just just make sure none of your friends are out there like manipulating, bullying and blackmailing teenagers. And, and you know, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I make no promises. Make no promise. Plot twist.
2: Emily is friends with Sue Sylvester. Yes. I mean, that that could be useful. That would be
0: very useful. As long as you're on her good side, she does all the shit and then you just slide in and take up. All the leftover goodies, just like the Republican Party.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: two okay. Question: Who would you rather be? Who would you rather be friends with? Sue Sylvester or Emma Pillsbury? I'm not going to add Sue. That's ridiculous. Nobody yeah. would pick Sue. Uh, okay. Which season of which character? Well, we're in season like, one, so let's go with that. Uh, Sue, definitely Sue. Interesting. Do, I mean, for, for the purely lulls per, uh, aspect, or just or what? Uh. Because
0: in season one, Sue is not yet vile and has a modicum of power and authority and has the biggest budget in the school.
1: Yeah, I was just going to go straight for the money, but all those other reasons are totally (laughs) valid, too.
0: So whatever whatever you were doing, she's got the biggest budget that you could siphon off of. Whereas Emma just has pamphlets and we don't know what her printing budget is
2: yet. Considering how many she has in later seasons that we're not counting yet. Yes. I, I feel like it's fairly sizable, but we don't know that yet.
0: We don't know that yet. That's my, that's my final answer.
2: Fair. I, I would agree partly because I don't trust Emma's judgment considering she finds Shu to be a great person and worthy to be around. This is also... That makes point. me question a lot of her choices. Yes.
1: That also, is. she lets, um... The, the coach just, like, mansplained everything to her in this episode, and that's really annoying. Like, I, I would have appreciated her character in this episode a lot more if she just, like, shut him down at least once.
0: Yeah, just once. But, you know, she's mm-hmm. a little lady. Ugh.
1: And sad,
2: because I like Jema, Gemma, Jema.
0: How do you pronounce her actress's name? Oh, I do. Maybe it's...
2: Well, then we're okay. just going to go with... I like the actress. <laughs> just don't like how she does Emma here.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, problem with the writers.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, going, going going, from Emma into, hey, Shu's a horrible person. The, uh, the bi-weekly rant I have on this character. Yes. I'm going to make this my trademark. Um, Shu, he's a terrible person. Again, some more. Oh. And uh, pr- After all particularly all this time, in this, I won't say it, because I don't like Snape. Oh, we can't talk not about it. Get, Snape's, <laughs> Snape's my favorite. I am aware, <laughs> and I have a... This is an entire side side quest that we will have to go on at some point <laughs> where we, we battle over this because I know Mandy's feels on Snape and I have very strong feels on Snape.
1: My feel feels on Snape are good character doesn't always do good things, which actually is pretty much how I feel about Sue this season. Right. Good character in that she is really interesting to watch. Not good... Person, not a reflection of values, just right. the most entertaining one.
0: You don't have to be a good person to be interesting in fiction.
1: But he's not even interesting. He's just a dick. No, he's pretty interesting. I, I, I do find him interesting. I'm sorry. I think you're out of my ear. Absolutely,
0: be wearing a Snape shirt right now. No, no joke.
1: The uh, the title I
2: feel of like this I one feel just can, I feel like I'm personally attacked right now. I mean, if we want, I just came about here Snape, to have, have talk a good about time all day. Literally. An adult just doing it at being as much of a dick to a child as possible is by no means interesting. I don't care why he's a dick. It doesn't matter to me.
0: I mean, I would probably also be that kind of a teacher because I would hate it. But he has to be
1: that. (laughs) But I feel like he would also not not, like he would also go, okay. okay,
0: Yeah. I was gonna
1: say this is this is a wild tangent that I feel like could go on indefinitely. next week this podcast Glee. brought to you by Mav, wanting fic and uh harry potter snape oh, is decisive i, I do and have I a say. question for you who is a worse teacher in your opinion shoe or snape do fuck
0: <laughs> <laughs> shoe yep because Shu thinks he's a I'm gonna a
2: great have to inter- go with <laughs> Shu because... In- Shu, because incompetence and ignorance and arrogance is a very deadly combination. Snape is at least smart. He's arrogant as fuck, and he's... But he's not incompetent.
1: Yeah, he did actually you know?
2: teach kids things.
1: Yeah. Well, well he when he was wasn't the
2: terrifying work. them so much that he... Like, they were terrified to do anything. <laughs> Neville. But... Neville like, needed yeah. to do up. No... No. Yeah. Neville Snape needed to not be a dick and realize that, up. hey, maybe maybe you, different people and different children learn differently. I think we're never going to agree on this. Yeah, and this is how the podcast ends. The but hill that to we both podcast. will die on. <laughs>
0: Five episodes, this is where on opposite ends.
2: hills across from each other. <laughs> yeah,
0: I probably would go to town defending the character of Snape. Not his actions, but the character being... Interesting and something I like.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, I would. I would. No, I, would de- I would. I, <laughs> In the I I will defend my my Snape is not interesting. He's just a dick. Hell, and uh, that'll
0: be a different podcast.
2: <laughs> well, we'll have, to, we'll have to come up with that one later. But now I will say I think I do think Shu is a worse teacher for all of the reasons previously listed. But um, that is a very hard question, Mandy, and I hate it. <laughs> he's worse because he thinks he's good. Yeah, he thinks he's good. He thinks he does really good. You know, he really helps them. He fucks everything up. It, it's basically the the Blaine gif. Sorry, I'm bringing him in again. Blaine? Uh, it's like, you always do this. Like, yeah. literally, that, that's him always.
0: And he's just... <sighs> I mean, so terrible. in this episode, I think he wasn't wrong in that Rachel needed to understand group dynamics so he wasn't wrong in giving the solo to tina especially because they're they're a group and even though there are solos in the group they're sophomores in high school and you can't single out one person the entire club so that in that he wasn't
2: unless well unless the council agrees on it
0: right right Unless there's a gavel involved. And then it's legally binding. And then all the solos go to Blaine.
1: I mean, Dalton was a bit more of a cult than a school, so... Yes. Different standards apply.
0: Absolutely was. Uh, Poor one out for Dalton.
2: Um, also, obviously, all songs sound better in his key.
0: <laughs> uh, they do, though. It's true. No one liked Teenage Dream until Blaine came along. Accurate. Um... So like for that, I mean, I had a huge problem with the C subplot of Rachel and Tina and Shu that we had mentioned in our little our pregame reconnoiter. But uh, that's a word. Reconnoiter. Yeah, no, I can't spell it. I can just say it. So him wanting to make other people in the group feel special, even as he ignores the other people in the group, <laughs> at least he's branching out to one more person. He was right there. And Rachel was... He gets the
1: other half of Brad's gold star.
0: Yes. Rachel was 900% wrong. Um,
1: you know what would have earned him a lot more gold stars if it had been Artie and not Tina? Yes, that too.
2: Ah!
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: This, this episode not have enough Houston. Kevin McHale. It really didn't. That's literally on my notes. Not enough Kevin. He had like have a,
0: a line, right? He just had the one yeah, line. One line. <laughs> Shameful.
1: He's got a...
2: Kevin's got really good comedic timing... And I think Artie was a very interesting character that they just sort of that Ryan Murphy goes, Oh yeah, we're gonna have Artie and then Chris Colfer comes along and Ryan Murphy's like, Chris Colfer and then so everything became Kurt backstory, like as the as like the B plot going on and uh which I'm I don't hate because I love Chris, but <laughs> but also we could have had less Rachel and more more Kevin is what I'm saying. If this was the Kevin McHale and Artie show, that would have been okay. Like
0: I I never wanna take away screen time from a female character and give it to a male character but i could have done with more artie across the board especially if he had been given a real character arc and not just being another one of the characters who changes depending on the needs of the episode is he a dick today
2: sure and is literally like defined by the wheelchair that he's in yeah defined that, by that was his a thing. disability. And then everything else just very changed per episode. So yes, uh, all solos should go to either um, basically I mean, really. anybody, but but, but Rachel. <laughs> I was going to say anybody, <laughs> but Rachel. Hey, but Rachel. Um, but no, I, I agree. I with with your point that she had had a good reason, or at least you know made sense for what he was doing. I agreed with him. I disagreed with how he was doing it. And Rachel bitching about and saying, it's unfair. You're punishing me. Um, <laughs> I have a note here that literally just says, shoo. Rachel wouldn't call you being you know call you out of you being a child if you didn't act like one yeah they were,
1: better, they were both
0: like very juvenile in this
1: yeah I mean one of the biggest I mean, things that annoyed me about him in this episode was the, the way he tried to like emotionally manipulate Rachel like he was right in that he you know I don't like saying he was right about anything but that uh, hurts I know, I know, I know that, that hurt Tina, yeah Tina should have had the role not her but instead of just telling Rachel I'm your teacher, I'm leader of the club, Uh, this is how we're doing it. He gives this whole like speech about how he's her only fan Mm -hmm. and like he's on her side and she needs to understand. And the undercurrent was, we both know you're better than everyone else, but you should do this anyway. I'm like, no, be, be an adult, be a teacher. And don't use like strange manipulation tactics on this teenage girl.
0: And the other students are going to know that they're coming in third, fourth and fifth to this. Like if you don't frame it, that it's a group and that he's the teacher and the leader and he's making decisions. Everybody else in that club knows that they come in last place to Rachel's first place. Yeah, that sucks.
2: Wait, way to totally bring everybody together to hate you. Uh, hate you. There is a sub-glee club of uh, all members who are not Finn and Rachel that get together to just bitch about how much they hate you. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Would not be surprised, actually. The precursor to the blame it on the alcohol, they just go together in someone's basement and sip on wine coolers.
2: Speaking Rachel of finds wine out about coolers,
0: it. yeah. Oh God. Speaking of wine coolers, though, this like I don't know if it's our first indication that the writers have a terrible time writing about consent issues. Oh, but Quinn's saying, yes. "I only slept with you because you got me drunk on wine coolers, and I was feeling fat." Like, oh, so she was assaulted, basically. Like, what level of consent could she have if she was drunk on wine coolers?
2: Hey, and we welcome it. to what a ga- You know what a man finds. You know, acceptably funny. Yeah, and then we get it
0: again with Brittany in a later episode where she said, "Like someone just crawled into my tent." Like, mm, okay, so there are at least two instances of characters potentially or probably or likely being raped, and yeah, we're just gonna play it for laughs or play it like it's not a significant event.
1: I mean, the same way that the the adult man who like felt up teenage boys is casually let back into the school to run things. Not even casually. What a
0: timely episode too, right? Like timely and just the way we were watching it, but that, uh, serial molester gets let back in and given a position of authority in a high school. Like that's great.
2: I, it's indicative of one of the issues I have continually with Glee and with the writers. Um, in that they want to believe they're writing a dark, you know, black comedy, dark comedy, black comedy, but it's, it's not like just saying, like just taking offensive traumatizing thing and going, ha ha, lol doesn't make, (laughs) does not a dark comedy make like, that's not how this works. You need a little bit more to it than that. Um, So instead you come off ineffectual and um, insensitive not point not like biting so i'm like there there is no joke there there's no joke that other than haha i was drunk that's not a it's not
1: really a joke i mean it's on a on a different level not only is it not a joke but it immediately and this this is probably because of the current you know state of the world it makes me think oh so ryan murphy this um adult gay man and all of these other writers who were adult men Definitely don't think it's that serious to joke about molesting kids. Right. Or kids molesting each other. Or anybody being molested whatsoever. Apparently, this is this is low, to, like
2: low totem pole of problematic shit for them. Which, to be honest, considering considering what we've art what we've seen this past month, and knowing that it's probably only the very small tip of the iceberg, it's probably very accurate. Sadly, yeah,
0: yeah there's some. I'm really gonna say there's some skeletons in some closets.
2: Yeah. For the record, I'm not saying anybody on. The writing staff did anything so much as it's probably stuff that they're aware of other people or have heard of things.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even it's not even an accusation of anyone doing anything. It's just unawareness that that is part of the issue in Hollywood, that none of these things were taboo. Everything was just kind of shrugged and laughed at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not an accusation. It's yes. more of a pointing out that they thought this was funny.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And that they don't take it. And at this point, we're taking it seriously. Um, when a teen pregnancy in a TV show like this is horrendously serious.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's there are, there are I hate to say this, there are a few things I think occasionally are done well. And, and the black comedy aspect on this show, um, but too many of them are just kind of hand waved and shrugged. And given the lowest common denominator sort of work, mm-hmm. like uh, it's just very lazy jokes. And um, and it, it's not it's never funny to just make fun of, you know, isms and issues. And that's just a lazy joke. <laughs> anyway, I think I think I've beaten this this horse to a point that I would like to save it now because <laughs> animal rights and other social justice warrior things. So I will let it get up and wander off.
0: Well, the one character who could have been a good um, darkly comedic joke supplier was, I think it's Terry's sister. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's probably just because she was only written for like an episode and a half. So they didn't have time to um, flanderize her the way people like Sue get flandered. But uh, her one-liners were actually... Kind of funny, because they were when you say
1: Flanders,
2: you mean like Ned Flanders,
0: yeah, it's so it's the it, it's the trope where one character aspect of uh, of a character words um, words, gets, are hard. words are really hard. I haven't been out of the house in two days, um where <laughs> one aspect just gets so magnified. That it becomes like a self-parody, right? So like gotcha. the thing, the thing that a character is known for just gets so blown up and out of proportion that it that they're no longer it's no longer a character aspect. It's just weird. Like Dr. House, his idiosyncrasies over the span of the show just get he just becomes mean instead of interestingly snarky and dark that kind of stuff
2: but i'm with you i'm with you it, yeah. your your multifaceted character becomes so one one-sided it's may, yeah it's ridiculous gee that doesn't sound familiar at all i'm with you
0: so her sister at least in this episode i thought was kind of funny but i'm sure would have been totally destroyed by four episodes in if they had kept her around so it doesn't really matter um
1: yeah her sister also could have provided a really good way to keep terry humanized yes and less of a caricature if it had continued like they started it in this episode where terry wanted to do the right thing and had this voice in her ear going no no you can't you have to do the crazy thing uh but instead they just let terry become the caricature Mm -hmm. yeah and
2: you know talk about how awesome it would have been to have had that where her sister was playing that uh that devil on the shoulder kind yeah of because that would have yeah,
1: been yeah. very interesting
2: the stakes aren't as high for the sister so making
0: those kind of like oh just just keep going it'll be fun like it doesn't matter as much to her because it's not happening to her so there's more of a reason why she might be so behind it and yeah there could have yeah. been a better I mean, storyline in there
2: if you really want to talk dark comedy having having your sister tell you no no do the crazy thing um while you're while you're trying to figure out uh you know how to tell your husband that you're not actually pregnant um there could be some seriously interesting uh moments there that could be very funny but we didn't have that yeah it's also easier to pull off
0: shenanigans when you have a buddy accurate not that i would ever shenanigan but if i were to shenanigan you need a buddy
2: how can you shenanigan if you haven't (laughs) shenanied
0: It's terrible.
2: Sit with that one for a minute.
0: <laughs> I don't want to. I want to let it go. <laughs> Fine. I'm going to set that one aside on the shelf and let it sit there.
2: Again, no respect. No respect. Mm-hmm. Talk shit about Snape and I put your jokes aside.
0: <laughs> How this works.
2: Uh,
0: uh. Anyway. Fine. Um the football. Always important. Always good.
1: Mm. Was it was like, that your segue 17. to the football?
0: Was it my what? Was,
2: it, was that the segue to fo-
0: playing to football? Hmm. It it was. I, I don't have any I'm not smooth on segues. I just go, so now, football.
2: No, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I, I liked it. Um, uh, no. I
0: just, you know, it's not that, not that it's been beaten to death already when it happened, but it's such a good moment, you know? Is <laughs> Kurt coming out that he would like to audition to be the kicker? <laughs> it's, I don't know. There's something so sweet and nice about the whole thing that it's hard to tear it apart. I'm sure we still can, though.
2: Oh, I'm sure we can, but it... I feel like it is, I don't want to read too much into things, but I find the line to be very, you can see Kurt in it. Hmm. Like it's just, it's one line, but you get a lot of Kurt's characterization from it. Um, he's very for, forward to the point, even if he's, you know, even if he's nervous and clearly does not um, have any idea of what he's doing with sports, but he's confident and he's here. goddammit. it. So he's going to do the thing. And I, I liked the, I liked the line. And yeah. it's also actually funny. God damn it. <laughs> and it's a good joke. Amazing. I don't know. I just, uh, I, we think also it's, got the- I was going to say,
0: I just think you do get a lot of, Little character moments in the two football scenes that they didn't have to try quite so hard for, which was nice. Like um, Finn helping Kurt with his helmet is just so sweet that you felt for a moment like these two characters have actually known each other for a little while.
1: Yeah, actually, speaking of Finn, that's another um, point where... His writing was just, like, totally shit. Because in this episode, he is nice to Kurt. He thinks Kurt is gay and asking him to prom, and he's really nice about it. And then, like... A season later, he's using slurs at Kurt.
0: Yeah. Like, I made it. That was one of my notes was like um, during that scene. It's just so like it's the better side of masculinity where Finn was just like, oh, no, I I'm, I, want, I can't go to the dance with you. And not, um, not a shred of homophobia, really. And then when the script calls for it, he flips.
2: Also, I mean, you can kind of, I think, kind of understand Kurt's crush on when you see episodes like this. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. it's like okay, wh- where Finn is is not being um, asshole like a bunch of other guys, and he's being really nice. So yeah. Yeah, like you the okay, you, can, you can understand. Yeah,
0: you get the version of him where you're like, I get it mm-hmm. exactly. So we understand you, Kurt. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
2: Um, and now to to bring the downside to to football because. I can do that. need um, needs nuts, nuts. How? Uh, if this was a better show, I would say football is a stand-in for toxic masculinity that uses the that uses football players to showcase a particular point of view and a particular uh, thought process that some people have that is very negative and is very and it hurts our society and how it holds people back. And actually harms one another, this isn't that show. I'm not gonna make those points
0: <laughs> well, I think I think in this episode, you can because it's juxtaposed so obviously with the single ladies' dance, which is a uh, you don't wanna say a more feminine thing, but like it's meant mm-hmm. it's shown as a more feminine activity, so I think in this episode, they really are. Trying to say that what you were just saying in later episodes, not so much, but I think this time around, there is a sense that they were you've got Puck and some of the other players, you know, not wanting to dance for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And that by going into that side of their personalities and doing a different activity, they better their performance on the field and win the game. So by taking on a different modus operandi, they do better. And then it never happens again.
2: I think the the, the moral of this episode is that the power of Beyoncé compels you.
0: <laughs> yes. Can you imagine if Clee had still been on when Formation came out? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, because... I also don't want to think of Glee being there when Lemonade came out, because inevitably they would eat, they would have it, it was just it would just get misunderstood, mismanaged. It just wouldn't end well. <laughs> that, would,
0: <laughs> that would have been bad news bears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this it still and still frustrates me. I mean, I, I get your point that, yes, um, m- my thought may not always apply, but does here. It still does frustrate me how very heavy-handed they can be with things like dancing oh no we can't you know we can't dance god forbid guys dance that would be that would make us look you know like we're girls insert you know insert insult or whatever oh yeah and again it's not it's not dark biting comedy it's just lazy
0: it's lazy it's the lowest common denominator that's clean yeah (laughs) (laughs) True Toxic masculinity ruins the party again
2: Episode title Uh, So just just to try
0: Hush fell over the crowd (laughs) The crowd goes round And yeah the C like going back The C plot really just doesn't matter Whatsoever trying to steal Mm. Rachel away so the glee club Doesn't win So Sue does Like I just oh God I don't care (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of funny to hear them what do uh, West Side Story so far in advance of them doing West Side Story.
2: Did it make you think they were uh, foreshadowing? No, because God knows they weren't no idea what they were doing in five episodes. <laughs>
0: Not at all. No. And we'll have to see when we get to that episode if they, if they mention that they already did this. <laughs> Because I don't remember remember, that they. I I don't remember any of the characters saying, "Hey, remember when we sang this song in Glee Club two years ago or a year ago?" We'll have to
2: remember when you worked on that song. We'll
0: have to be on the lookout for this. So obviously, Rachel gets her solo.
2: Of Of course, I. Of course, I hate how they wrote this C storyline and wrote. Tina to basically give up her solo, so Rachel threw a fit and got what she wanted yeah, because bullshit. Tina decided she wasn't good enough. It's like what the fuck doesn't matter? Like the sing, sing your song, Tina. That's like that's what you want. That's what you wanted. So, like, I mean, it was also sad not, how they. You're, not going, to, the you're not going to regionals with this. It's not like it matters. Come on. No, it was you know
0: tearing Tina down to put Rachel up when. Obviously, she could sing the song just as well until the last note, which was for Jenna trying to <laughs> trying to throw a note. It's got to be hard to do.
2: <laughs> but it's really not. OK, so the story, the Glee storyline is supposed to be a story about underdogs who come together and are able to succeed but that particular plot line is about how you should let other people do what they want if they're with li- they're a little bit better at it than you are, or a little bit better than than you think you are, or they're just more confident in it. Because you know what the fuck does it matter? I'm like that's not that's not building up underdogs. That's that's like literally how the the whole high school
1: hierarchy works. So yeah, you're don't, reinforcing don't forget the- that. Don't forget the key point there that you can also go whine to the teacher get your way. Mm. True.
0: Yes. It's not just enough to threaten to storm out. You can always just complain.
2: <laughs> That's like, I'm gonna flounce and then sue you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over one song. One. And
2: I how did nobody in this entire Glee Club not punch Rachel? Great question. Probably because no
0: one wanted to be I expelled. Would also...
1: <laughs> I mean, I think within a few more like episodes, that first clapped on his way off.
0: Yeah, it actually is surprising that Kurt never, Kurt never went for it. Although I get it, okay. you don't want, you don't want teenagers hitting each other.
1: I mean, I suppose that could be a bad thing. But, I, mean, I mean, getting each other drunk and pressuring each other for sex—sure, hitting each other. That's <laughs>
2: fine
0: violence however
2: that's where i draw the line
0: that is where i draw the line this is a children's show it's really not don't like no. watch this
2: i <laughs> want you guys watch this um no, just yeah yeah i mean they, I, they, I, there's almost like
0: too much that happened for it to make any sort of sense at yeah i think it should have been split it into-
2: would have been nice to have had maybe the c plot be just Rachel, you don't you don't get to sing this song. And Rachel and Rachel complains and flounces and everybody, you know, continues on and then maybe she realizes, you know, the next episode when she comes back that like okay, everything doesn't revolve around her and the world didn't end, and we all went back to normal and everything was fine. The end, that would have been nice.
0: Pretty sure she never has that realization though. No. No. I don't think we ever get to that point.
2: I, I would like listeners to, to let me know what they like about, if they're Rachel fans, to tell me what they like about Rachel's character, especially, like, in, in these episodes. I And I mean that sincerely because it drives me batshit, like, her personality and how she acts, and I can't stand it. She's she's a little bit above shoe because she's
1: younger, but... I mean, if anyone wants to make a strong case for Rachel and... Then... We are going to hit a point where we're taking guests on the podcast. Yeah, And yeah. I'm, I'm happy
2: and willing to hear it because I don't have it, but would love to know. State your case for a panel of three. We'll decide. Bring your evidence to the court. Present your argument. <laughs> Present your argument to the Winsa Agamot. And you can't Zagamot. just say
0: she's talented because they all are. That's the point.
2: The only person I, I don't know
0: if they're talented or not is Matt Rutherford because he never got to sing.
2: Oh, just Okay. And Matt Rutherford is very talented because he knew enough not to stand around people and deal with their shit. And so he moved on. And as we've just previously discussed, he, you know, got onto a variety show with Victor Garber. Right. And uh, there was tap dancing involved and he's living his best life right now. So Matt Rutherford was very successful and very talented.
0: Good for you, Matt Rutherford. The end. Good for you. Um, <laughs> we have any other yeah, I feel like alien points to make? Oh, I guess one. It's not an interesting point, but it is a, a thing that we noticed. There was hardly any music in this episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. There really wasn't. Even, even the, the single lady. Song. Yeah. It, it was dancing, but it wasn't... A musical performance.
0: Oh, There was a little bit of Tonight, and then a little bit of a Celine Dion song, and that was about it. Which yeah. I, th- I think hurts the show, because the point of Glee were some of these musical interludes, but I suppose at this point in the series the songs weren't quite yet being used in the musical theater vein that they get used more later where the song and then ignore plot, Right. Cause like sometimes the songs get used to advance the plot, like musical theater. And then other times it's just a performance. And in the earlier episodes, I feel like the majority of the songs are just used as a performance rather than plot advancement, which I think maybe this episode needed some of that musical push to make it a little more palatable and fun maybe isn't the right word considering the subject matter, but a little something to break up the scenes.
2: There's because also, like, there's also the, um, benefit of musical theater will, or not musical theater, but just like a musical number in theater will move the plot and move emotions along faster than, you know, regular, like trying to go through the plot. So, you can go, okay, we need to get from A to D, and we can either walk all the way around via, you know, regular plot, or we can do this musical number and we can get there. Because by by right of uh, musical theaterness, um, that allows you, uh, a musical number allows you all sorts of emotional change. When in doubt, sing it out. That's what we do. This is like the, the, the motto scene, for Blaine Anderson's entire life. The
0: scene transition went from like. Kind of a, a really heartfelt moment with Kurt to Sue's corner it was like eh, no yeah <laughs> please don't do that you needed a buffer between some of these scenes
2: and also, teen your pregnancy neck hurts is- from like the
0: yeah whiplash and I know they're gonna get farther into the teen pregnancy storyline in the upcoming episodes and the-, <laughs> the culmination of the most musical theater delivery you've ever seen in your life but oh. it- they really kind of gloss over a lot in this episode with quinn and her cheating and not even a hint of the word abortion and <laughs> the ridiculousness of finn believing he could have gotten her pregnant in the first place uh, yeah that's a lot that's a lot that's wrapped up into a few
1: minutes yeah this where show are is definitely her... <laughs> yeah the show was definitely doing a thing where it was going at an unnatural pace that didn't end up getting them anywhere better than I think it would have been if they had drawn some of these storylines out. Yeah. Now, do you think they
2: rushed through some of these because they weren't sure how they, you know, if they were going to be renewed? So they did not really plan because I do think broadly they planned at least from where they wanted to be in episode one to episode 20. I think they they had, they may not have planned every single step there, but they go, okay, we're starting here, we're ending here, and some stuff's going to happen in the middle. So do you think they moved quickly because they're like, hey, we don't know if the end is going to be season one
1: or if the end is going to be season eight. So let's book it. I
2: I honestly think this is all we got.
1: I think they threw like 20 darts at a dartboard and whatever it landed on was like gonna have to fit into that episode so i'm doing a
0: quick read on the wikipedia and so the show came back on after their weird early pilot early september and then Mm -hmm. on september 21st nine more episodes were ordered so 13 total so it's an interesting question of How much did they know ahead of time? And a lot of times what happens with the TV show is the writers get writing and then they're still writing when they're filming. And it's a struggle to keep up with the pace where you're barely finishing a script in time to film it, which is why shows take uh, the midwinter break so that the writers can actually finish the fucking show.
2: This, This seems like a totally logical process. It's pretty terrible. And a lot of, I mean, um,
0: you know, these limited series that have eight episodes, it's not the same, but network shows do this year after year after year of you get like your first four or five in the can. And then all of a sudden you're behind because it takes a certain amount of time to write an episode. You've got a week between, but it takes eight or nine days to film. It's a whole thing. You'd think they'd do it differently, but no one does.
2: All I can um, think of is The Bad Place right now. This was on for eight seasons. They did nearly 30 episodes. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, God bless British television. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know.
0: You no, know, I get the feeling that they probably mapped out a few things, but I I don't want to give them credit for too much more than that. But I can't take it away from them because I wasn't there.
2: Can't say you didn't, but I highly suspect you didn't.
0: I highly suspect that they didn't know how much time they were going to have to really tell a story because series get canceled all the time. But man, it's like it's ballsy in your first season and in your first couple of episodes to try a baby swap. Like they knew that pretty early on because they had to plant the seeds, so to speak, of terry's hysterical pregnancy and then that was in like the second episode so that at least i think they knew they were gonna do i think someone thought that that would be an interesting funny surprising storyline and really it's just nuts
2: like i said i do think something like a baby swap has the potential for being something funny in the dark comedy vein because we talked about it earlier, about, you know, having her sister and, you know, being like the voice of unreason, not reason. Ridiculous, sis. So I think it is, it is a ballsy move to go out with, hey, we're going to do Baby Swap. And that could be that dark comedic uh, show they wanted, but they just didn't. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I don't know if they're just... I don't think... They I'm not gonna say I don't think they're inherently lazy. I think a lot a lot of pe- a lot of people who get things that they don't deserve because they just have very big names in Hollywood, uh, you know, get that way. But um I think at least at the beginning, they all really liked the show. They wanted it to succeed. So it wasn't like they had something else they were thinking about, or you know, American crime story, American horror story, American whatever story. This was their thing. They're still in the period where this was this was their baby, at least Ryan's baby. So it's like this was what you were focusing on. You were putting your effort into this. Why are you dropping so many strings? I don't know. Maybe no. maybe you're just really not that good.
0: I mean, you know where my argument fits in there. <laughs>
2: it's just not that good. Yeah. No. And yet you've you've so you've survived on whiteness, white maleness. I mean, pretty much.
0: And there wasn't another show like it on and you didn't have you didn't have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon's original content competing the way you would now. I don't also, think a, a
1: lot of people did just find it really funny. The yeah. humor. that's not actually funny when you stop and think about it, but people still laughed.
0: Yeah. I mean, the ratings I mean, go that's up fair. throughout the first season and then up again in the second season.
1: I'm not going to say
0: it's because of Blaine, but like.
2: They go up. And then they crash. There, there are legit thing things up. they do. There are legit things they do in in later episodes and later seasons that I go, yeah, no, that'd be it. But I don't always think, I feel like they stumble on those than that they necessarily were, were trying for them. And Mandy, that's a good, good point that, you know, me... <laughs> Maybe the, maybe these jokes are are hitting the intended audience, and maybe myself and the rest of us were never exactly the intended audience. Well, that's and that's kind of the
1: trick of Glee because they definitely made it seem like the intended audience were underdogs and minorities and like you know gay kids, especially in like later seasons. Right now, there's only Kurt, but later on, when there's like Brittany and Santana and and all of those other just like queer characters the hook was oh this is totally a show for you while actually we're we're going to make lots of jokes at your expense it makes yeah. me think of uh
2: big bang theory in in a sense um which is like oh it's a show for nerds and it's like no it's a show that makes fun of nerds yeah among with along with a lot of other other problematic shit but it makes fun of them it is not about them it is inviting you the general audience to peek in on these people and laugh at them and that's this kind is of how show about how including I
0: feel like I'm like, you in all of our terrible jokes,
2: <laughs> you too can have shitty jokes made about you, you
0: too can be made fun of and offended
2: yeah it's 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 a good point that on the on the on the cover it says this is about you, but just like Shu says this song is for you, Tina, but inevitably. Uh, the person that gets the song is the straight white girl that, you know, super skinny and has slightly better voice than you. Slightly.
0: We don't even really know that because you never hear Jenna really belt.
2: Or yeah. Poor Jenna. Never I mean, never wrote a chance.
0: she's never given the opportunity. I know. No.
2: Uh, I would also like to take this moment to invite uh Jenna on the podcast as well if she would like to belt it out if she feels it necessary to because she's got her own stuff going on singing, so she's good, but you know, if she feels inclined
1: does she have her own podcast oh, yeah, awesome. I've, I've seen Kevin tweet about it
2: it's ah, <laughs> amazing. All comes back to Kevin. Speaking of which, um, how are we ranking this this episode on a scale of uh, one to five, Kevin's? Oh, it's like a half a Kevin.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even rank a full Kevin. Huh.
0: Doesn't
2: even <laughs> doesn't even <laughs> get a full Kevin.
0: Big fail.
1: Episode
2: uh, episode four, season one, half a Kevin. Gotta do better, Glee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Be better.
2: So we got uh, really shitty c plot. With Sue acting like a child, Rachel being a child, and but eventually getting her way and screwing Tina over in the process, we learn Kurt is gay, Bert is amazing, and knew Kurt was gay, but is 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 cool with it. Kurt makes a very, you know, does a very great dance that we are all very much thankful for later, even now. And uh, oh yeah, Quinn's pregnant. Not we're just going to gloss over how or why or any of the other you know parts about it, but that happened. Oh yeah. Also, uh football is toxic masculinity. and Toxic masculinity is always bad. Anything I miss? We got our
0: first love triangle.
2: Ooh. Of the, ki- of the kids. Finn and. Oh yeah, because uh, we have we have the shoe Emma Terry thing. Yeah.
0: We have our we have like our first round of cheating being a source of tension, uh, and storyline. is True. So, I mean, you know, mark that one off on the I books. T- episode four, first one in.
2: First I do t- tend um, to ignore part of that triangle. I just don't, as far as I'm aware, there there is only two people because that third person doesn't exist in my... Yes,
0: we can't, we can't Black Mirror erase him, but... In my mind. In my mind. Exactly. And the Glee episode of Black Mirror would be crazy. Yes. Oh my god. I want to think about it.
1: I feel like that puppet episode later in the series came really close, though.
0: <laughs> it came really ah, close. Ah. Oh my god! I don't know if I can talk about oh that god. episode.
1: When
2: we eventually get to it, Emily's just going to take Emily's going to take you know a breather, which is fine because I'm pretty sure Mandy and I can talk about puppets for like hours.
1: <laughs> That's we fine. Could, I, but that that episode was still an acid trip of an episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It cool. Really was. But like, let's talk about the number of. Acid trippy puppet things that we actually watched. Yeah, that's true. I digress. We'll we'll get to this argument in a couple seasons, guys. <laughs> Just enter hooks. We'll get there eventually. All right. So does anybody have a long or favorite line? No. I mean, no, not really. No.
0: Yeah. I kind of. I mean, I kind of like Bert's <laughs> when he's in the stands at the football thing, and I think I missed this the first time around. He says he's so little when he sees Kurt out on the field, and I think that's like the sweetest most dad thing for someone to say.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> of of it, course, Bert would have the, the redeemable line in the episode. Yeah.
0: It's just so loving and so nice that it almost doesn't belong in the show.
2: <laughs> Bert Hummel doesn't belong in the show. Ugh, <sighs> My favorite, I will say I I do have a favorite line and mine is, my body is like a rum chocolate souffle. If I don't warm it up right, it doesn't rise. That's a classic.
1: That was a good line, but the delivery is so awkward that it, it made me appreciate how much better of an actor Chris becomes later. Yes. Like, that he's extremely, like, awkward to watch in this episode because I'm not
0: used to it. He, he, like a chocolate souffle, he does warm up to his acting abilities. Yes. Thankfully.
2: I, I thought you were going to make another, I thought you were making a joke about, about Rising and various other uh, co-workers, but I will be quiet in my corner over here. Chris Chris definitely grows as an actor and I think that's just due to his age. But no, it's, it's great.
1: Still line, line still makes me laugh. So yeah,
2: I think it's like great it. that
0: you could actually see some progression.
1: Yeah, and I mean he, he started like this was his first acting job. So it's not a, a dig at him that he improved. Oh no. Yeah. No, I, I I
2: totally agree. I also liked the um single ladies. I know they didn't sing it. I would have preferred they sing it, but I just think that I think the scene's hilarious. So I'm going to, I'm counting it because I can. So I am. That's fair. Accept this. Um, when I actually look, when I look on the, uh, the Preggers uh, thing on Glee Wiki, they also say that the other songs are, um, mentioned the Star Spangled Banner that's played during the football game. Uh, so I'm mean, like, that could also be a, a song if you really liked how that was played.
0: So for all the fans out there who thought this was the best rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, this episode's for you.
2: Ever! Alright, so I, f- I feel like on the whole, we thought this episode was going to be a lot more than it ended up being. Um, So it's kind of interesting how going back and re-watching, it was like, oh, hey, I remembered really select parts. What do you guys think? Yes, the fan final submission. memory
0: of this yeah. episode was uh, a lot higher than the actuality of it. Yeah,
2: definitely how... How I feel. All right. Well, if you might have any final final thoughts?
0: Yeah, actually.
2: <laughs> no, actually. No, got nothing. Got nothing to add. All right. Well, so that that's uh, that's preggers. And you know, we've got uh, coming up next. We've got the roads not taken, where we get another amazing guest star that I'm actually really excited about
0: because Kristen Chenoweth is amazing. It's actually an episode I remember very little about, so I'm I'm interested to see to like remember it.
2: Yeah. I remember almost nothing from this episode. Well, all I remember is Kurt throwing up on Emma. Oh yeah. And I think she gives him a, gives him a porn magazine.
0: Oh God. All right. We'll have to talk about that next time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that, that, for the, that is for the next episode. All right. Well, th- thanks everybody for sticking with us through our, our Snape fights or talk about global warming. Our, our random shifting through the glee writers until we got to the end here as always it's great to uh talk with you guys so thanks again and uh that's what you missed on glee
0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle
1: of joy just makes a lot of drool.
0: (coughs) Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We
1: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.